0: Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to transforming 45. I'm your host Lisa boat in this podcast. We dive deep into the transformative power of storytelling. I firmly believe that stories have the magical ability to heal, inspire, and connect us. That's why I'm here to bring you the incredible stories of women who have journeyed through life's ups and downs and emerged as their most authentic selves. We'll explore stories of resilience, reinvention, and the courage it takes to embrace change. It's a space where authenticity shines, where the messy and the beautiful moments of life come together to create something truly extraordinary. So, brilliant listeners, get ready for a roller coaster of emotions, a burst of inspiration, and a whole lot of love transforming 45 is not just a podcast it's a movement a celebration of incredible humans who light up the world I'm so grateful you are here and I can't wait to embark on this transformative journey with you let's dive in and start transforming together hello and welcome to this week's episode of transforming 45 this week I am super grateful to have Claire Marsland with us um, I met Claire years ago now in the Speak Cheesy. So in the community where we live, there's this beautiful cheese and chocolate shop. And there is a Speak Cheesy mm-hmm. <laughs> underneath where there are really great events. And we always went to the Halloween one with, right. with my family members. And so that is where I first encountered Claire. And um, the moment actually I saw you, I was like, oh, there's something about her. I, yeah, I was like, hmm, I will be talking to her at some point. Something more than just, she's really short. <laughs> yeah, no, actually, it wasn't. <laughs> Even here, like the height difference is significant because <laughs> I am 5'10". Yeah, and I'm 4'10". <laughs> it's a foot. There's a foot difference between us. Really... Um, but actually, the first thing I noticed was not your height. It was um, this like sparkle. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. And so Claire is here with us today. She is a mom. She is an author. She is a crystal shop owner, a Reiki practitioner, Reiki master, Mm -hmm. and a tarot card reader.
1: Yep. Mm -hmm.
0: So welcome, Claire. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me your story. What got you to where you are in your life at this point? so wild isn't it when you think about your
1: life you you um you it's something you never imagined the way it would go right it goes something totally different so i grew up in the south of england uh in a place called the new forest um and i've also traveled a lot in my in my childhood with my parents we've lived all over the world um so my parents were always i was always interested in religion and both of my parents are pretty pragmatic and british and kind of like The grass is green, the sky is blue, and you turn to dust when you die. That's it. You know? Yeah. Like, that's kind of their attitude. (laughs) But they were very open to me um, exploring different religions with different friends when we lived in all the different countries. So I never really found anything that stuck. But I liked kind of aspects of each. And then when I was 22, I broke up with my first love. And Mm. we all know how devastating that is, right? Yeah. Like, you never quite love that way again, right? With Mm -hmm. such abandon. Um, And so I was devastated. And then my nan died, Uh my dad's mom, and I was very, very close to her. So I was also devastated. So I was dealing with a lot of grief. So I started looking into the spiritual books. You know, this is 20 something years ago, 25 years ago, maybe 24. So it was new age was the thing. Mm-hmm. So uh and I really found my stride there. And I started reading all the books. And I was like, yep, this is what I this is what I believe in.
2: This, mm-hmm. this
1: feels good to me. So um, it just kind of was something that I practiced for my adult life. And then when I was 36, I had a three year old, three and a half year old, and I left my marriage and had to start again. So of course I was a PSW, so I got four different jobs. And one of those jobs, three of them were PSW jobs. One of those jobs was a job working in a place that had um, books and crystals. And so I made it my mission to learn everything about everything. Because I didn't like it when people come in and be like, what does this do? What does this mean? And I'd be like, I don't know. So I was like, I don't like that answer. So I kind of set on my own healing journey and got all my Reiki levels. Of course, it was going to be just for me. I was like, no, I'm just going to be a good mom. And I'm I'm not going to give people Reiki. I'm just going to get all my levels. So I'm, you know, Mm -hmm. sorted out and I'm not passing on all this BS to my kid." But it turned out people would come in and they'd find me and be like, you came to me in a meditation. I wish you did Reiki. Or do you do some kind of healing? Because mm-hmm. I, I was told to come talk to you. And I didn't want to say no. I didn't want to be like, I can, but nope. Right. So I was like, well, I guess I could. And then it just slowly evolved in the last eight and a half years to me opening my own shop and um having the Reiki and the tarot reading as uh, part of the services that I offer. mm mm-hmm. So, I always tell people that, you know, that's how I turned out. I never intended to be the crazy girl with the crystals in her bra. <laughs> <laughs> that was not at all my intention. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But that's just what happened. I went from, I was a PSW for 20 years, but I was doing this on the side for the last eight. So, um, you know, I gave up the PSW job because, as mentioned, I'm only four foot 10 and it's a very physical job. Yeah. So it's all in my neck and shoulders and it gave me very bad migraines. So um, then I just turned into, I call it, um, my my customers call it Clarapy. Yeah. Um, so I call it um, therapy with sparkles and then I send you to a real therapist. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I do, all the, I do all the fun stuff.
1: Yeah. Help you process what the therapist talked to you about in the morning.
0: Right, yeah, and that's such an important piece of therapy, and I I think that's a, a thread that we can that we can follow. Um, but I want to, you know, when you said I'm that crazy girl with the crystals in her bra, which I love, and I'm I'm wondering. Part of the work I want to do about talking about spirituality in mm-hmm. this per- in this podcast is one some of my own healing because I have always known, like from the time I was little, I would feel things that I knew weren't mine. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time to process and realize what all of that was, right? Um, but I have always known there is there is something more. Yes. And I've always know, like, like I've always received messages, and I put the walls up for so long, however, mm-hmm. because, I mean, for a number of reasons, some past life trauma, uh, what patriarchy has done to minimize spirituality currently and to emphasize religion, which are very different, which are very different things. Yes, sometimes they overlap. And sometimes they don't. Mm-hmm. And so I think part of the work I want to do around this is unwinding that narrative that this is, that spirituality is what's unbelievable.
1: Yes. And normal.
0: Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So much of the
1: religion was very male based and very power and control. Right. Whereas um, the spirituality is very much divine feminine and in- intuitive and just a kind of the deep feminine knowing. Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it is that deep feminine knowing that is what has been so suppressed yes. for so long because Absolutely. we've created this society. Like I, I've i talked about Mary Jane DeCoste, my the English teacher on this podcast numerous times, mm-hmm. and she is one of the wise women in my life. But when I was in school, she was strongly atheist and so she would make fun of me and my religion at the time but there was spirituality woven into it but over the years she has come to be more curious Mm -hmm. and ask me questions but she used to call me she's like well you're the sanest crazy person I've ever met absolutely yes I like to
1: tell people I'm the good kind of crazy yeah just like the fun crazy I'm not actually like alarm bells crazy (laughs) Like, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to hurt you or throw, throw crystals at you even. No, know. Um, yeah. It's well, and it's a lot more normal now than it used to be. Right. 20 yes. years ago, if I had a dream about a friend's uncle or granddad that died and they gave me a message in my dream, that's weird. Yes. Right. Whereas now people come seeking that. They seek that out. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think the collective consciousness has come a long way. Uh, in the last I don't know 20 years right I feel like uh-huh. it it started as a trend and yes. then it became something real
2: uh-huh. and
1: it's expanded a lot and now you I've got children coming up to me giving me crystals and asking me what they are and knowing what they are I've got boys and girls uh-huh. knowing about the crystals wanting to you know the boys uh start with the dinosaurs and then they want to talk about the fossils and then you know and then they get into the crystals um yeah so it's its much more commonplace I mean and now even when my daughter she's in grade 6 now but when she was in JK they had somebody doing yoga to
2: uh-huh. teach them
1: how to do their deep breathing. Uh-huh. That's fantastic. Yes. I remember she came home with a picture of herself they you have to draw an outline of yourself and then all of your classmates would write good things about you around it. Uh-huh. And then she had a purple uh circle here and I didn't you know I didn't told her about chakras or anything like that. Uh-huh. And I said Carrington what's that? And she goes it's my third eye like where have you hello. been hello <laughs> and I'm like oh of course
0: it is of course it is Carrington. of course but like they just know stuff yes yeah yeah I don't know it is it it is a really interesting I think intersection that we are at mm-hmm. and I'm when what does collective consciousness mean to you
1: so to me okay so you ever it happens in movies and books all the time, uh, where one person will write, let's say, a vampire book. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, there's all these other people that have written vampire books and have vampire movies. So it's like we have, in my belief, we have this um, layer of consciousness uh, that we're all connected to.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and we don't necessarily know that we're all connected, but we are. And we we can tap into it at any time, and a lot of times we'll pull down, a lot of people will pull down creative impulses um, at the same time, uh, and hence why you'll get movies with vampires or movies with magic or uh-huh. whatever it is, it's like themes, uh-huh. I believe, but it works, um, I think, on every level with with spirituality, with politics, with, you know, all big things. Uh-huh. So I, I believe that we're all connected uh-huh. on, an, on an energetic level.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's a really good and concrete way of helping people to conceptualize that because mm-hmm. we, all, we all see those cultural movements that mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And because there's something that's physical and tangible, our humanness is able to see it Right in that way, right. where on another level, we are connected, but it's it, when we can't see it, our human doesn't
1: want to believe it right we, we judge it um, it happens it happened to me when I first um, was getting on my Reiki levels I didn't realize when I was getting the, your Reiki levels that
2: mm-hmm. you
1: become more psychic because you're a streaming set, you, mm-hmm. you know, this source light or whatever um, but what happened was I started um, getting more into that and then I would I would just go on YouTube and I and all of a sudden I would find another person so I found these three people right away when I first started really getting into this They're all from England Mm -hmm. uh, and they all channel angels and they all do the work that I do. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I just, they just appeared. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I believe it's because I stepped onto the same wavelength Mm -hmm. and then I found them. Oh, look at this person. Oh, look at that person. Oh, look at this person. Mm -hmm. Right. And then it gives you confirmation of the almost uh, intangible.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, you're making me think about so i have recently listened to a podcast and i have listened to it twice because it is this beautiful intersection of science and spirituality oh i love that yes so neil Theis is the name of the scientist mm-hmm. and he is a medical microbiologist cool um and he has done a lot of work into into the quantum, right? So it's he's in, he looks at things in terms of scale. So the work that he does every day is looking at people's cells because he he's part of the diagnosis process for mm-hmm. cancer in particular. Mm-hmm. So he was talking about when we're looking, when we're just looking at someone's cells, I'm still looking at their whole being. It's just a different scale of what that being is. And when you start thinking about where scale increases, decreases and intersects it's like at the very like smallest scale what we know now about everything is that everything is actually quantum foam that is when you get down to like beyond even the atom particles it's just this like foam of molecules actually particles that come up out of the foam and either form something or go back down into the foam and don't And I, that understanding I felt was such a really good intersection and connection point for this, you know, human spirituality, science, spirituality, because when you realize that we are in terms of quantum foam, nothing is separate. Right. Right. And that when you look at a human, you see the, the one element that this human is, or the one form. Right. Right. But the truth is, we are actually just fluid that happens to be separated by cell walls. And so when you realize that we're all cell walls, that we're actually mostly fluid and quantum foam, there is no separation between anything.
1: It's mind blowing.
0: Right? That's why I've listened to this podcast twice. because I I
1: need to listen to that. Do you know what it makes me think of? Uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza's, um, Mm -hmm. what is it? breaking the habit of becoming yourself Uh and there's one part in the beginning where he talks about quantum physics and I love that stuff yes so I had to read it three times though because my brain was like what yeah it's happening so I reread it but he's talking about that one experiment where consciousness actually changes um the behavior of particles Uh and molecules and so when you're not watching it it can go through the glass and when you're watching it it doesn't or something yes. like that. I think that's, already yeah. like six years ago, but uh, it's some, that kind of theory, yes. right?
0: Yeah, so Neil yeah. taught, Dr. Thies, Neil, like I know him, like I know the, him. Like I know him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it talks about that as well, and that in two ways. So he talks about, there's a light wave, there's a light wave experiment, okay. where if you look at it from one perspective, light looks like waves. And if you look at it from another perspective, it looks like particles. And so it's depend, the results of the experiment depend on the observer. I love that, right? And so it means that both things are true at the same time, right? Right, and that is the like the scientific basis of that, and the so the, and the other thing that I loved that he talked about was the oh, it's like the critical question of consciousness, mm-hmm. because if you look at a brain, you can't see it doing anything. Right. Right. And then there are electrical impulses that cause it to engage and do what it does. Mm-hmm. But no one can answer what turns that on.
1: Right. And that's what they're looking for, right? Right. The seat of consciousness. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in every experiment that they have done to try to find a scientific or, early, or a human grounded science, mm-hmm. they cannot explain consciousness and that it's they're looking at like consciousness actually comes first before anything else yes
1: yeah and it stays energetic Mm -hmm. it doesn't turn into physical form i believe that and i think that that's really what we're channeling when we're channeling reiki is that source energy that light energy and when i channel angels they're colors they're not angels with wings because they're non-physical right so i see them or i feel their energy as colors Mm -hmm. right
0: yeah and how did you so how do you connect with each angel or color how do you know what their identity is
1: so um I don't do any energy work without grounding connecting and protecting Mm -hmm. I actually heard that from Metatron actually he was like tell everybody ground connect protect it rhymes I was like got it Mm -hmm. Uh, and I actually realized when I was doing the tarot reading one day that I wasn't grounding, connecting, and protecting. And sometimes people from the other side show up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, this is energy work.
2: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Cause really the tarot cards are just uh, a tool to read someone's energy. Right. Yes. So then I started doing it. So now I do it all the time. My friends laugh at me cause I sit there and I'm like, I'm calling in the whole team mm-hmm. and like, I'm making it, I guess because I write and I'm, I'm long winded. Right. I just, I make it a whole thing. <laughs> They're like, <laughs> you don't need to do that. I'm like, I know, <laughs> I, know. I, I like but to do that. it's my ritual. It's my I ritual. Like it, yes. yes. And the more I do it, I feel the stronger the vibration is. And anyway. yeah. um, so I started when I was doing my own healing journey, I was reading and looking into angels and praying to angels. And I just had this thought, oh, if angels divine purpose is to help us heal when we're here, wouldn't they help me help others heal? Mm-hmm. So I just started asking. So I would ground into the earth, you know, breathe out my stress, breathing the golden light, mm-hmm. connect. Imagine all of the the light coming down into my body through from source, right, and then channeling through into the person. Uh-huh. Um, and then I just started asking if they would step forward. And the very first angel I ever channeled was indeed Metatron. Uh-huh. And I actually said to the the girl who is now one of my best friends, but was a stranger at the time, really. Uh-huh. I'm like, did I just make that up? Was that a transformer? Because Metatron cause right. sounds like yeah,
0: it's it, uh, <laughs> what I think right? every time. Too, she, yeah, yeah,
1: she laughs. She's like, I don't know. You have an angel dictionary right there. Look it up. And i was like, oh yeah. <laughs> so I sit down and I look it up, <laughs> it's like, right hand of God. Um, colors are gold and orange. Helps channelers and artists. And um, the girl that I was actually um, giving Reiki to is a portrait artist and a channeler. Mm. And so, and I was seeing gold energy going through her Uh and i heard metatron so i'm like that's cool like so i just trust the process i just ground connect and tap in and i just ask for people to uh for angels to come forward and in fact when i'm channeling for um mediumship i again ground connect call in the whole team and then just ask anybody who would like to step forward to come forward with the messages that they want to give and so i just hold the space and then spirit comes forward Uh And sometimes they come forward like it's crazy. I'm seeing like little feathers and getting flashes of images and know their name and who they are. Uh-huh. And sometimes it's just a collective of souls um that uh kind of look like there's rainbows going through them. Uh-huh. And they're letting me know that they're excited and happy and proud of the person that's being read or, you know, they're encouraging the person to keep going or whatever. But I don't get like um a name or Mm -hmm. a single being it's like a collective Mm -hmm. i don't know but i tell people can i swear yes oh i don't know if i should swear you can Can go right ahead
0: we swear around here okay
1: i -hmm. tell people i have no idea what the fuck i'm doing (laughs) (laughs) i don't i wing everything life reiki channeling (laughs) just winging shit yeah um but it's like i know but i don't know yes right so i just i honestly anybody who tells you they know what's going on is full of shit (laughs) Like, I don't know what's going on. I just do what I do and trust that it is what it is. I don't, I really have no idea what's happening. Yeah. And, it, and it's different all the time. And I just trust. It's like, they play this game with me. Like you do have to have blind trust.
0: Yeah. yeah. And so one, I'm glad that you said that because I think part of people connecting to their own ability yes, is is just that, is knowing that Nobody. Yeah. Nobody knows, knows what, what the you are doing.
1: Yeah, exactly. If, That's why I called the shop clarity of connection because I was okay. meditating and I had this visualization that I was taking some light out of my heart, putting it in yours. And then you were going and you were spreading that light to everybody in your life. And I, my, the most important concept was that we are all connected yes. and nobody is above anybody else. And I just want to show people in my own fun little way. Oh, look, you can do this too. Do what? You could start with what I'm doing and then make it your own. Mm-hmm. Do your own thing. We we all have this ability. Yeah. Right. Um, that's the one thing I don't like about religion is that like there's people above you and they know more than you do. And and you have to listen to them. Yes. Like, if you think I'm, ta- I'm talking a load of shit, don't listen to me. Yeah. Don't do it.
0: It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cool. Find, find your own Yeah, way. Find
1: your own thing. Find whoever it is that works for you. and And you don't have to believe in all of it. Yeah. Maybe you just take a little piece of it. Oh, I like what she said about that, Mm -hmm. but I don't like this. So then you just take what resonates and leave what doesn't.
0: Yes. Right. And I think that is the part that is, that is empowering, right? Mm -hmm. Where religion is power over. Yes. And that there are people who are knowledge holders and knowledge keepers. Right. And they keep that knowledge and they disseminate it as they feel they
1: Should, should, which is totally the opposite of me.
0: Yes. And, and the reality of empowering people to make their own, to make their own connections yes right and to be able to have their own source of divine and i'm what what do you think makes people more or less receptive because i agree i think we all have the the capability so what is it that bring, ha, opens some people up to it like f- for their whole lives or people who are resistant to it always and then the people who are in between i think
1: it's mm-hmm. your upbringing I think it's your, your parents. They really mold you, don't they? Uh-huh. And so if you have parents that are open or parents that are very scientific and very, you know, research everything, see what you think, uh-huh. or you have parents that are very rigid and in this house, this is what we believe,
2: uh-huh.
1: right? Uh-huh. It's kind of like racism. Nobody's born racist. Right. Nobody's born super spiritual. It's, I think, it's ingrained in you as a child. Uh-huh. And then it's your job to unpack that and then decide what you want to decide when you're an adult. I'm extremely lucky. I have brilliant parents.
2: Mm.
1: Like I can't tell you enough how amazing both of my parents are yeah. um, in many ways. And one of them is that they're so open to, mm-hmm. and you know, they'll make fun of me that <laughs> <laughs> they're very open. They're very like, sure, do what you want to do. Yeah. Think what you want to think. Yes. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it is interesting in that my I felt my mom in particular was at this like f- funny space of she was quite religious, mm-hmm. um, we were Anglican, however, so that's kind of like the loosey gooseiest of all of the Christian religions. Mm-hmm. So there was room for free free thought, but there also was a deep knowingness in her that she shared with me.
2: Right, mm-hmm.
0: like there were moments she she told me she's like yeah the first time I saw your dad I knew that I was going to marry him and I didn't even like him <laughs> I had things like that yeah.
1: I, my first house with my uh ex-husband mm-hmm. I walked in I put my hand on the wall and my hand on the heart and I was like I don't even know how this is possible because we couldn't really afford it mm-hmm. I was like but this this is my house yeah like this has to be my house I'm like do you think that's crazy and he's like no I like it. I feel it. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. So sometimes you just have this. I think we're all born with that knowing. Yes. And sometimes we shut it off and sometimes we don't. Yeah. I was always born with the knowing that, that God is love.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: all of the critical things and all of the punishable things And me at seven years old, I was like, Nope, no, that just, I don't, I don't know how to tell you no, but just no, Yeah. that doesn't make sense. Yes. God is love.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. So I don't know. Yeah. And anything outside of that is, human construction. Yes. For power and control. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Going back to your story. So I had a very similar, um, experience here with this house, Mm -hmm. but it was before we even came here. So my mom had, my mom died in 2007 Mm -hmm. in October. And in about March, I had this dream where I was in a this long room that was burgundy. Like there were some very specific things about this space that I was in and she walked in and, um, I, there's always a difference I know between when something is a dream and when something is, when I've traveled somewhere. Right. Right. So this was, I had traveled somewhere because it was such so tangible and whenever she walks into, if it's a dream, I'm like, Oh, okay. But when I'm somewhere and she walks in, I have this deep knowing of, oh, it's you. You're here. And it was one of those moments. And I remember looking at her and I said, where are we? And she said, you'll see. And about two months later, we happened to see this house in the newspaper at the time we drove past we came in for a tour I walked into the dining room as it was at the time I was like oh this is the room I was standing in oh. mm-hmm. so yeah it is interesting when we allow ourselves to be open to those experiences mm. and and pay attention and know and notice the qualitative differences between things as well I do believe too grief opens up us up to that. Yeah.
1: So grief opened me. I mean, I was already kind of in interested mm-hmm. in, in spirituality or religion and looking into that kind of thing, but it was grief that opened me up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, um, it was grief that encouraged me to heal, mm-hmm. right? Like let's heal this. Uh-huh. And I think that a lot of people that I run into, they have some kind of traumatic event happen and then they go on this journey
2: mm-hmm.
1: right to heal their emotions and to heal themselves mm-hmm. and then that's also how we become more open right yes we get cracked open by the grief
0: mm-hmm. and there is also something that happens when you when you watch someone die in that like I was saying, the qualitative difference. There's a qualitative difference in the form of the human before and after, and in that moment, you you absolutely know that there was a force that was in that person, yes, that was lighting them up, yes. And the moment it leaves, the physical form is a completely different thing.
1: Yeah, as a PSW, I've seen that a lot, mm-hmm. and it's creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> people we always would open a window if we had to wash yes. and dress the person um before the family came in we would always open the window just like a superstition like mm-hmm. let, let the soul out yeah but it is a little it is quite um unnerving mm-hmm. i always found it was a little unnerving anyway
0: because it is so markedly different yes and it, it like and it's as it's a moment yeah right where that transition happens you can
1: see it you can see the exact moment Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And so I think you are absolutely right that there is a grief in those experiences that you have that our humanness wants to explain. Yes. But we also are so raw in those moments that our, I think, our consciousness and our soul is able to take over a little bit more because our humanness needs to back away. Right.
1: Yeah. I've never thought of it like that. That's very interesting. And I, I agree with that. Yeah.
0: I'd never thought about it like that before either. (laughs) Thank you for this. No worries. A little therapy. I have (laughs) no idea what the fuck I'm doing, but okay. (laughs) Just have a cup of tea. (laughs) It'll come out. Yes. And that is the importance of these conversations. Mm -hmm. So I think another element of this is how to help people Get outside of their human need for protection, for because so many of us are afraid to talk about spirituality because of that need for protection.
1: So I use humor Mm -hmm. and raw honesty. I will be vulnerable and tell you exactly my experience Mm -hmm. and tell you the truth, all the things that have happened. And I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm just going with it and I believe it. And I think people respond to the honesty and the pureness of what you're telling them. Uh-huh. People know um, when people are being dishonest uh-huh. or sneaky. So um, even though it's bit me in the butt several times over my lifetime, some of my, my sister, you're so naive. I'm like, I know. You talk too much. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Tell everybody everything. Uh, you know, my mom yeah. used to say when I was a kid. The devil would sit down and Claire talk to him tell him everything. My dad used to say there was a, um, there's a grocery chain called Sainsbury's mm-hmm. in the UK. And I guess in the 80s, I was born in 79, there was a commercial with all these rabbits that would jump across the screen. And my dad used to say, Claire's got more rabbits than Sainsbury's. <laughs> I don't shut up. <laughs> And now I have a daughter that doesn't shut the fuck up. (laughs) Yes.
0: (laughs) The cycle continues. The cycle continues. It's
1: so weird trying to parent. uh, Can we talk about how to parent the human or yourself out of somebody else?
0: Yes. Like they're you. Mm -hmm. And you're
1: trying to, you would do the same thing, but you've got to parent them. It's like, like you feel very hypocritical, don't you? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think it's quite hilarious. My mom laughs about it all the time. We were having tea last week. I used to go over for tea and chocolate. Mm -hmm. And she just laughs. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck you, mom. (laughs) She's like, I wished for this. I couldn't wait for you to have one just like you.
0: I'm like, oh yeah, Um, she's brilliant, and I love her. All right, and that is, you know, the approach. And it sounds like your mom had that approach with you in many ways, and minded with me as well. And you know, not that anything is ever easy or uh, or uncomplicated, right? Um, But I think that also is an impact of our burgeoning consciousness is the way we interact with children. And have you noticed how...
1: I know it seems that we talked about the collective unconscious. Uh-huh. Okay. So, you know, we talked about movies and books being themes and yes. often actually, too, have you noticed the Marvel movies yes. and everything they talk about quantum entanglement and they've got all yeah. these different parallel universes. I love that shit. Yes. I, I mean, my dad's, all, we're geek, Star Trek and Star Wars geeks. Yeah. But So all of this, and it goes into the Marvel universe. I love all that stuff. Anyway, yes. um, so it shows up in our, in our culture, uh-huh. but it's shown up in our children. Have you noticed how annoyingly sensitive our kids are nowadays, Mm -hmm. Um, which is lovely. I'm teasing, but yeah, we were so, so we were brought up. I don't know how old you are. I am two years older than you. Okay. So we grew up with, um, oh, that's gay. Mm -hmm. You're gay. You know how I know you're gay and a lot of bullying. Yeah. Right. And although there is still bullying, it is, it is called out Mm -hmm. and it is much more um, the kids are much more sensitive. Uh Now I think they possibly get too sensitive and it needs to kind of come back into balance a little bit, Uh but I love it. I love it. I'm like, Oh yeah, you do that. You go for it. Yes, You be that. You know, I love that. Um, I don't like, so what I mean about it going a little bit too far, how quick we are to cancel people. Yes. I I really feel like we're too quick on that. Uh And really you need to use your own discernment and not believe what everybody else says and make your own decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But I do love that um, the LBGTQS plus Mm -hmm. community is so huge um, and is so seen. I love that we're talking about um, in Canada, um, the native culture and community and how there needs to be um,
0: Reconciliation. reconciliation
1: and, forgiveness and that that collective trauma Uh needs to be brought up and be healed i feel like everything is coming up to be healed and to be looked at and it's because our children are being born with their heart chakras wide open Uh so they have to do way less work than we did to get to where we are it's like their natural set point when they come into this planet is much higher than ours was and ours is higher than our parents was Uh and is such in every generation uh, on a on a spiritual level, it, it's higher.
0: Do you think that that is why there is this reaction of a segment of our population and a segment of parents who have this overwhelming need to protect their children from what they think are hard things in the world? Right. Do you think that that could be part of because they are recognizing this sensitivity? I just Yeah, it could be. It's it's such an interesting it's such an interesting time of absolutely there is this beautiful heart openness and there is the pushback. Yes. happening at the same time. And I was having this conversation with somebody on Friday about cuz I've been having a number of conversations with Americans lately and oh. every time that they, they they're like, "Oh, you're from Canada. I'm sorry." They, they're they're feeling this need to apologize for themselves. Why? Because of the tumultuous nature of the United States at the moment, right? And there's a lot of, we have a lot of conversation around like, Trump opened the door for all of the darkness that existed. And so this- For it to
1: be brought to the light so it then can be dealt with.
0: Yes, that's yes. what I said too. I said, you know, and it's not just the United States. It's the what the ripple of the conversation was, it's, it's here in Canada as well. Of course. And it allowed, uh, it just allowed the rocks to be turned over. Yes. And the light, so that so the, the the light can stop the festering that yes. was happening in the darkness. Yes, all the stuff that's
1: happening in secret comes to light. Yes. yes so I have a piece of my heart in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, when we left England when I was 12, we moved to New Orleans. And it is just such a magical cross-section of culture. Yes. And... I loved it, Mm -hmm. but there's also a lot of bad things that go on there and I would, um, I don't know that I would willingly raise my child there. Mm -hmm. It's so dangerous and it's so racist and all the things, but there's many good things too. Mm. I was there in the nineties. So it's,
0: everything was different
1: in the nineties, right?
0: Everything (laughs) Everything was different. I sound like my parents. It was
1: better. It was better in the old days. (laughs)
0: I know. And I want to walk down that path sometimes too. But then I think about like my friends in high school who were afraid to come out. So while there was this forward momentum that was happening at that point in time, that seems to be being reversed currently, Mm -hmm. there's still, that fear still existed. And it takes me back to what you were saying about, you know, cancel culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're so right in that for any learning to happen, there has to be space for people to make mistakes. Yes. The difference is if you are doing it intentionally to cause harm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think that really is what makes the difference. It's all Mm -hmm. about your intention. Yes. And I tell people that too, when we're talking about spiritual practice or meditating and this and that, calling in the angels, whatever it is, it's not about what you say and saying the right thing. Mm -hmm. It's about the intention of the pureness of your heart. And that's what, Shines through when you talk to people, and that's also what comes through when you're when you're communicating with with um, your team on the other side. Uh-huh. Whatever you believe is there for you, yeah, right, yes, yeah. I um, yeah, it's happening all over the world too. It's happening uh-huh. in Afghanistan. It's happening in Iran. Um, it's happening everywhere, right? And so sometimes it's very hard not to get disheartened. Uh-huh. You read the news, and all this fear comes up. So what I do is I have my cup of tea in the morning. I read the news and I decide because I want to know what's going on in the world. Yes. I don't want to be ignorant. I don't want to put my head in the sand. Mm -hmm. But then I also don't want to contribute to the fear either. Yes. Because I believe that it's either love or fear. Everything fits into these two categories. Mm -hmm. And so um, I feel like it's my job to stay centered. I remember I'm a tiny little lighthouse Mm -hmm. and I give my light to others. And then it's a ripple effect. And that is what's the most effective thing, I believe. Um, not jumping into the fear and then jumping in on the wagon and getting angry and all riled up about somebody I don't even fucking know <laughs> that I'm never <laughs> gonna meet. Yes, <laughs> it's nothing to do with my
0: life. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so it's like having that recognition. Yes. So what? I, what for me? I don't listen to the news. Mm-hmm. I read it and I choose what I read, and I make sure that I have um, on my social media feeds, because I have to do social media for my work. Uh-huh. Um, I I make sure that I follow, uh, you know, I follow all of my New Forest pages. Uh-huh. You know, when I see the, the ponies in the New Forest where I grew up. I follow Canadian wildlife photographer, John Marriott, who I think is brilliant and does lots of conservation efforts for um, the ocean and uh, and all of the animals in Canada. I follow the Saints football team, because that's my football team. <laughs> Yeah. You know, the null and saints, you know, <laughs> yeah, and so you have to make sure you follow equal parts, good and mm-hmm. equal parts what's actually happening so that you don't go into fear, right yes. It's really all about keeping your center mm-hmm. and, and being trying to live your life and doing what's right, but not getting carried away by these currents,
0: yes, and I think that is the heart of so I have some mentors that I work with who are who refer to that as grounded woo, mm-hmm. And I think that that's another um, great accessible point for people because there can be this conception of like spirituality. Oh, it's all airy fairy and, yes. and it's all oh. farting sparkles and butterflies. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Unicorn shedding rainbows. Yeah, but the tr- but you make such a good point about knowing what is going on and being grounded in that, yes. and knowing that you also have some agency. In yes. That. And it's the, it's the feeling like you have lack of agency. That is what causes creates the fear. the fear. And also what
1: causes you to overparent or get over afraid of things that you don't need to be afraid of. Yes. So it's the number one law of the universe for me is free will. Right. You know, mm-hmm. nothing is set in stone except for death and taxes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a point. What was I going to, I was thought of something when you were. Looking, what was I going to say?
0: Uh, agency. It about
1: agency, no, agency, fear. Oh, right. The room, the craziness. Right. Sometimes we can open up all of our chakras and we can really focus on the upper ones mm-hmm. and we can get very like, oh, well, if you stand in the stream and then you'll feel connected to your daughter and then blah, 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 bullshit, bullshit, poetic bullshit. Yeah. And it's like, okay, but how, how does that relate to my life? So I try to make sure that when I'm giving people readings or when I'm giving people Reiki, that I'm giving them tangible, real-life advice. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I'm seeing you walking by the lake. Or do you paddleboard? Because I've seen you on a paddleboard. That's a really good way for you to relieve stress. Get in the bath, get in a hot tub, get in the pool.
2: Mm-hmm. Make
1: sure you make time to do that in your life. Uh, or sometimes I see somebody holding a big mug. Hey, you need to take five minutes and sit down and have your tea, have your coffee, and breathe mm-hmm. before you go on with your day. Right? Giving them practical Advice. Oh, you have anxiety? Yes, you need to go see a therapist. But have you heard of four, three, two hertz mm-hmm. and how you can put that on for five minutes, and then it creates—excuse me—the the, the brainwaves that we need for deep relaxation and sleep. Yes. It will help you come out of that fight or flight. Right. There are natural mm-hmm. things to do. Right. So it's like I want to take the crazy out of the yes out of the. What does it take? The woo out of the woohoo. Is that what you
0: said? No <laughs> grounded woo. Oh, grounded ground woo. the woo. Right. Yeah, ground, ground
1: the, the woo. woo. I'm a Taurus. I'm, and I'm English, so it's yeah. like, mm-hmm. you know, try to be a little bit no nonsense. What What are you fucking talking about? <laughs> you know, what yes. do you mean? Uh, you know, I don't want somebody to go away and be like, she said all this stuff. But I have no idea what sh- what she said. Yes, like, no, I want them to go away and be like, oh, right. I can do this, this, and this. And I'm going to call this person and that person, this person. And, you know, this is what I'm going to do. I want them to feel like they have agency. Like they
0: have agency. There it is. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes people find the way to spirituality to escape the experience of humanity. Yes.
1: And some spiritual teachers do that. Yes. And they stay way up there. And Mm -hmm. it's like, um, you're supposed to be here. Yes. You're supposed to have this lesson. So some people... I used to meet actually, like not so much now, maybe about five, six years ago, they would think that I was, you know, I had to be perfect. I had to be some kind of Jesus or something. Yes. Um, and that my life had to be fixed. And I'm like, (laughs) no, let me tell you all the ways I'm (laughs) fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I don't get to escape my (laughs) human experience. No, we all have to experience trauma and pain. Yes, you can, you can, heal and learn from it and grow from it and be less emotional Mm -hmm. uh more grounded and 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 go process things faster really when you're when you're evolving at a higher uh vibration you just move through it quicker Mm -hmm. and you take things less personally right so you are more grounded and you can make better decisions so your life does get better yes but you still have to have that human experience you can't you can't um come down here and then just get a free ride no
0: yeah. And it's not, and it's, it's, there's no destination. Right. That's the other thing. I think, you know, people think, you know, thinking back to the nineties, the, the thought of spiritual enlightenment right. was a place that you got to. Right. Like, hmm,
1: maybe, no. maybe if you're a monk and you sit up on a mountain, <laughs> you don't have to have human interactions and nobody's triggering you. Yes,
0: exactly. Sure. And life doesn't continue to happen around you. Yeah, sure. And then I, the other thing that you made me think about as you were speaking was the mm-hmm the need to move away from binary thinking and and binary thinking in all ways, but to realize that, you know, like therapy and spirituality are not opposites, right? Right. They work together. And I was having, I was walking through the forest, um, this weekend and I had this moment of, there was this beautiful mingling of, the scents of wildflowers from the summer Mm. and the decomposing leaves that were falling. And the two smells came together in this moment of life and death, but they're all the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And when you can experience the intersection and the coming together of all of those things, it's, it's how you can start working through the fear as well. Yeah. Right. Because I love that. Yeah.
1: I love that. That's like, you know, if you're having suicidal thoughts and you're, and you're devastated, go to a psychiatrist and take some medication, but then look into the therapy and the spirituality and the healing that you can do naturally. Mm -hmm. And then you can, you know, maybe you end up coming off the pills and then, you know, you've got all of these um, natural things that help you stay stable, Mm -hmm. but it's not that you can have to do one or the other. Yes. It's like, you, you know, I would never say to somebody, right. Oh, you got cancer. Well, make sure you just only do this, the natural stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there is room for both. There is room for both things Room for both. And yes, you know, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's the other.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Cool. Well, and on that note, I feel like we've, we've just solved all the problems. We've, We're done. Yeah. Yeah. We've just <laughs> solved the world's problems. <laughs> okay. We're going to
1: walk out of here and everything's going to be. Yeah. everything's. Uh, gonna what be is it? Hate. Farting.
0: <laughs> shitting rainbows. <laughs> rainbows. shitting rainbows, Shitting rainbows. Yeah. Oh, thank you for this conversation, Claire. Thank I'm you so much. Thank you. There we go. Cool. Thank you for joining us on this transformative journey today. Your support means the world to me. If you resonated with our conversations and want to uplift the Transforming 45 community, here's what you can do. One, subscribe and share. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you found value here, share it with your friends, family, and anyone seeking inspiration. Two, leave a review. On whatever platform you are listening on, your words can make a significant impact and help others find their way to these transformative stories. Three, connect. Join the conversation on my social media platforms. Follow me at L Boat. For updates behind the scenes and more heart centered content and for guest recommendations, if you know someone whose story could inspire someone else, reach out and let me know. I love connecting with diverse voices that carry the power to transform lives. Remember it is your support. That is the magic in my mission together. We can create a community of empowerment, growth, and healing. Thank you for being part of the Transforming 45 family. Until next time, keep shining your light and embracing your journey. Welcome to Sarah Talk Solutions. Ladies and gentlemen, you've tuned into a bit of a different type of show. I'm Sarah B. and I'm your host. You can find me on my IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore L-A. I talk about amazing, relevant conversations and topics and what functions that goes on in this magical, wonderful, wonderful city of the City of Angels. My IG, which is Aussie underscore Sarah underscore LA.
2: Hey there, I'm DC. I host The Rock Podcast. Back to the arena, The Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, The Interviews.